0: You're listening to the Irish Times Business Podcast. Eight of the top ten Irish companies choose to do business with us. We know Irish life. We are Irish life.
1: It's November 26th. I'm Tom Lines, and you're very welcome to this week's edition of the Irish Times Business and Technology Podcast. It's been a very busy day for property news so far. Uh, we hear from the Central Statistics Office that things are beginning to go a bit mad again. Uh, we're seeing that house prices have risen by 16% in the last year overall, and in Dublin they're up 23%. We also have a new report from the National Economic and Social Council saying that thousands of Irish people uh, will never be able to buy their own home and uh we also have the government announcing new measures to bring in social and affordable housing. And we have the Irish Mortgage Holders Association announcing plans to enter the mortgage market as a broker. So that's an awful lot of things happening. And uh, with us in studio to discuss discuss what's going on, we have uh, Fia Kelly, uh, Irish Times political correspondent. We have David Hall, director of the Irish Mortgage Holders Association. And we have finance correspondent Kieran Hancock. Uh, Fiac, we'll start with you and this report from the National Economic and Social Council. Uh, What is it saying exactly? Um, Basically the Cabinet,
2: Tom, yesterday considered uh, the, the broad outline of the NESC report. It was a report commissioned on renting properties versus home ownership in Ireland in the years to come. And it basically said that for a lot of people in various social classes that home ownership is going to be beyond their reach in in years to come and in, in the decades ahead you're talking single people living at home single earning households uh people of kind of low incomes so that because of the trends in in property market in the property market uh, over the last ten years, although they say look two thousand and six two thousand and eleven wasn't a, wasn't an ideal base to uh, base the analysis on it does provide an indication that People will not be able to afford their afford to buy their own homes in the years ahead, and they say this poses a serious policy question for government uh, as to whether they kind of give. give give more support to a long-term rental market like you know they say the security isn't there for people who want to go into long-term renting agreements at the moment they said look in the past there was uh, property in Ireland was very affordable because of a number of policy uh, decisions taken by government but we're in a different situation now and they say in in the European model across the EU that there are various ways of of enticing people into secure long-term rental arrangements that's something they say needs to be looked at they don't specifically make recommendations either way because they're an advisory group to the Taoiseach, Taoiseach effectively, chaired by Martin Fraser, the Secretary-General of the government. Their full report is to be published in the coming weeks, but that's the basic broad outline of what they are saying, that uh, it's going to be difficult, if not impossible, for a lot of people to own their homes in the years ahead.
1: And how seriously has that been taken by the government?
2: We're not exactly sure yet because it was considered by Cabinet yesterday. There was no publication of it after a memo was distributed by the Taoiseach. Uh, It wasn't officially published. So we'll have to wait until the uh, official publication of the, the full report. I think it's December 2nd or 3rd. But I think this was commissioned by the government, so it's going to feed into whatever policies, decisions they will take in, in the years ahead. But bearing in mind, this is coming off the back of, we had a lot of debate last year about whether we should have rent caps and kind of fixity of tenure issues raised by people in the Labour Party in particular. So it will feed into the debate in government at the moment. Um, it comes off the back of a huge focus as well on property and social housing, like you said we had today.
1: And Kieran, you you're listening to the governor of the central bank, Patrick and uh, You know, he came out uh, some weeks ago. He was talking about, you know, dampening things down, about getting people to cough up more money before they're allowed to get a mortgage. Uh, he sort of softened his tone a little bit. Well... Um
3: Perhaps. We'll see. Um, there's a consultation period underway um, that closes on December 8th. Uh, what we know is that the Banking Federation is going to be making a submission, and what we also know is that the Department of Finance, unusually, is going to be making a, a submission. What he did say was that uh, the January 1st time frame for introducing these new rules um, are, is unlikely to be met, um, but that they won't be hanging around. They want to introduce them as soon as possible thereafter he kind of partly indicated that there might be some wiggle room all right and they might look to do something uh, he was also asked about this potential mortgage insurance uh, product and he said that which the government is uh, is proposing possibly as a solution to this um to this 20% uh, loan to value you know 20% deposit rule that the central bank is proposing and he's suggesting that, that that could come with some risks and it's not necessarily the panacea um, to all of this. He gave some interesting statistics. He, he, he mentioned that there were about 10,000 mortgages issued um, in 2013. Of those, about 2,800 were above this 80% um, limit in terms of how much the banks can lend you in, in relation to the, the value of the property so that's you know 28% and he said outside of Dublin the number of mortgages that actually required um, that that fell outside these new rules was very very small so this is a Dublin problem Uh, outside of Dublin obviously the the price of uh, property is a lot lower and people are more easily more able to um, save uh, for under the deposit side and he also made some comments in relation to the rental market He said that we don't have a very professional rental market uh, in Ireland at the minute. It would probably help us if we did. It would be better if we had um, some professional investors and maybe some institutions doing it as opposed to the small guys um, who've tended to do it over the, certainly in the boom years who bought a lot of buy-to-let properties and so forth. And he also reminded everybody that um, the central bank doesn't have any doesn't have control of the property market, basically it's one player um, out of a number of players that feed into the property market. They can't set interest rates, they don't have the power to do it and they don't particularly want to have the power to do it and obviously they have no um, they have no say in the rental property side. He also agreed with some of the contributions in, rea- in relation to the uh, variable interest rates that are being charged by the banks at the minute, they're all sort of 4.3% or upwards at a time when, you know, Uh, ECB interest rates are practically zero and the cost of funds to the bank is somewhere between 1% and 2%. And he acknowledged that uh, this was in part because of the huge drag um, that loss-making tracker mortgages are having on the banks. They're trying to get themselves back into profitability, so they're having to pad their variable interest rates um, to achieve that. Again, he said the central bank you know, can't direct the banks one way or the other um, in terms of interest rates. It would be helpful if we had more competition, but there aren't
1: um, there aren't any new players knocking down his door looking for a license. And David, you're listening to all of this as, as the director of the Irish Mortgage Holders Association.
4: I mean, what's your view of what's going on? Well, thanks for inviting me on a, on a day that sort of couldn't be busier when it comes to, to property and mortgages. Like, I think, you know, it's great that Governor Honahan and the central Bank have woken up six years later looking at trying to put in place some rules. I think there's a, a set of amnesia on Dame Street in respect of what actually happened six years ago. It was not principal private residence mortgages uh, that really were the major cause of the issues that arose. And there's not been such restrictions put in place in relation to the greater riskier, lending to the commercial sphere. And many of the well-known individuals and well-known groups and well-known challenges and debts that exist are significantly larger than principal private residence. Do they overextend to private residence owners? Absolutely. Did they give 110% mortgages and sometimes much higher? Uh, we're back to looking at some ads recently around where someone's advertising, they'll give you 1% of stamp duty. So some of those uh, variances are still in existence in the market. But... To look at putting forward a proposal six years later with an immediate effect of the 1st of January, which is good to see Governor Honan in the Finance Committee roll back slightly on that. Then we have an extraordinary situation where the Taoiseach then wrote in a month ago and said he thinks it should be 10%, um, which is back to not having a separation of powers between the central bank and government. The most certainly needs to be a, a sort of a middle ground somewhere along the line. And then as Fieke said today, we have the report and the social housing report issued by, this, by the government and their plans in the future. So, there's a huge amount to consider. Um, this is six years after, effectively, uh, you know, the, the, we hit a brick wall in relation to accommodation. We have a major supply issue. There's also a the, uh, consideration with the CSO figures today is the capital gains restriction lifts at the end of December. So there's been a massive level of activity over the last few months, buying property, with a lot of people requiring it to be concluded by the end of the year to benefit from that seven-year rule. So what happens next year with mortgage rules and with no capital gains benefit, what will happen in relation to the activity level in the market will be very interesting to see. The, the governor did actually say to the committee
3: today, Tom, he was asked about whether he thought uh, house prices in Ireland were you know fairly valued or whether they were too high. And he said he couldn't say definitively one way or the other um, you know, they're probably about right, but he couldn't say definitively um, one way or, or, or the other. He also reminded people um, that we had a bit of a property bubble back in the 70s in 77, 78 prices. And then prices collapsed and through the 80s, they collapsed. And then we had this property bubble uh, in the nineties, um, And we've had a collapse, but not to the same degree that we had uh, back in the 80s, following that little spike in 77, 78. Um, in in some ways he was actually contradicting himself in some of the things he was uh, he, he was saying in relation to the property market And there was a little bit of confusion, I suppose, um, as to where exactly he stands on this 20% um, rule. You know, on the one hand, he seemed to be sort of saying, well, I think this is a very very necessary tool for us to to dampen what price activity might be there at the minute. And he noted that Dublin prices had gone up by 42% in in an 18-month period. And he also made the point that this wouldn't affect hundreds of thousands of people. We're only talking about a small number of people. So this is probably a good time to introduce it. And yet, on the other side, as you mentioned earlier, he seemed to give some indication that they might be willing to roll back on the 20% um, the deposit rule and that perhaps this mortgage insurance product might be a part of that There's still a lot of work to be done on that I think it was floated by Taoiseach's department They actually
2: think a month or so ago that they would kind of circumvent this 20% rule by allowing the borrower to have a 10% deposit the government will put up the other 10% therefore getting to the 20% but I think there was a bit of coolness on the labour side of government about that one they
4: felt it was slightly half-baked they t- uh, felt there were, and it was floated earlier this yeah, year as well and That Canadian insurance company is actually before the OCS Committee tomorrow as well so that in itself will be very interesting to see how they position themselves in respect of how it actually works because ultimately someone has to pay hmm. there's, a, there's a cost here but you know when someone said about an 80-20 rule uh, you know if it's a case that someone can afford 90% a bank will offer you 90% of the mortgage. You know, it's not a case of an automatically saying, if you're gonna pay 100%, they're just gonna give you a little freebie of 20%. The rules now are very, very uh, favorable towards the bank in respect of family home loans. It's back to the reckless stuff that went on in relation to the large portfolios of land and large portfolios of buildings and major development investments. There's no rules governing that lending. That is the stuff that got us into great difficulty. And everyone is exceptionally animated over 10,000 people who and only 2,800, as Kieran said, may only fall outside that 80 20 rule going forward. But people who've saved to look at moving and the massive conflict they have now is in relation to renting. Like there was a time where in the German market would say, why don't you just turn the entire market into a renting market? But because of the banks holding back 20 000 to 30,000 bytes less that are in arrears and allowing the prices go up, allowing the interest, the uh, rents go up, it's a major, major challenge for someone to stay in a rented property versus saving to buy somewhere. The, 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 the gap. Is, is still too great it's not it's not affordable
1: and Karen, you were mentioning there you know the banks that they've got their lobby groups out in force to try and loosen this uh, thing you know like to to what extent can can the banks really push the central bank and uh, and the politicians in the direction that they want?
3: I don't think they can. I mean, Honohan uh, talking to the Octus Committee uh, today said that first of all, he doesn't care what you know anybody said between two thousand and four and two thousand and seven because it was it's all been proved to be rubbish in relation to property and and so on finance. And secondly, he said that anything the banks say you should immediately dismiss because uh, basically um, they made such a bags with before and you know they would say that wouldn't they? You know, in terms of uh, any excuses they might give or any justifications they might give for certain things, so. I don't think he's going to be pushed into anything by the banks. Uh, We've yet to see exactly what the position of the banks will be. David Duffy, uh, who's president of the Banking Federation, has said that in principle he thinks it's a good idea. But just in practice, um, they might be using a, something of a blunt instrument um, to introduce this 20% 80-20 rule from January 1st that perhaps, you know, it should be introduced in a phase basis or perhaps it should be a little less than 20% or uh, it should only be 20% for people in certain circumstances, etc. So he thinks that there should probably be um, a different way of introducing it. But in principle, he doesn't disagree with, the, uh, with what they're trying to achieve, which is basically to stop any overheating of the property market into the future.
4: It's timing is a bit strange, you know, so, You know when there's such a debate in relation to a bubble. So suddenly somebody woke up in the central bank and said, oh, there's a bit of talk about a bubble. We better make sure this doesn't happen if it isn't happening already. And then there's no product restriction on a bank by the central bank to add on extras, be it, you know, any extra bonuses for stamp duty payments, for uh, legal costs, for adding on extra stuff that all accumulate to a number of percentage uh, of lending in the event they want to do that. So it's just a very blunt instrument that says three and a half times your earnings, 20% you must have the deposit, full stop. It might also be
3: argued that in the boom years, people were expected, roughly speaking, they were expected to have a 10% deposit uh, built up before buying home. But in those days, they were also paying 7%, 8 9% stamp duty. Um, so they had to, you know, the lump sum that they had to have before they bought a, a, a property was yeah. quite substantial. It was never just the, the yeah. simple 10% that everybody oh, talks about. It was actually a lot more when you factored in stamp duty.
0: At Irish Life, we can tell you that 49% of employees in Ireland don't think about tomorrow. They don't have a pension plan. We can help you help them. Because if you're involved in running your company's pension plan, we can administer it for you. With our member-specific investment solutions, online access for employers, trustees and members, and always-on smartphone apps. Just call one of our corporate team on 704 1845. Visit IrishLifeCorporateBusiness.ie or contact your pension consultant to find out how we can help your company think of tomorrow. We know Irish Life. We are Irish Life. Irish Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. All information source for Irish Life, September 2014.
1: And Fia, when you look at you know like all of the trouble that the the government has been facing in relation to Irish water, and now we're hearing that you know that there are. You, you know that there's that, that there are a group, large groups of people who are going to find it difficult, if not impossible, to buy houses. Uh, do you think that resolving this issue now is, is is very high on the government's agenda? Absolutely. I think uh, the Irish
2: Water actually and the shambles that was made of it became a distraction that came across the front of the government for the entire year, and they had identified housing from as far back as last year as the one issue they wanted to tackle and they wanted to solve. But Irish Water became such a hames of a project that they had to deal with that first. So I think that housing probably will be the defining issue for the the life, the, the remainder of, of this government's lifetime, which could be a year, could be 18 months. But they have said that they need to show some progress on this before the next general election. Be it like one, we saw one aspect of it today with social housing. We may see another aspect of it with what they do on mortgages. If they provide a mortgage guarantee scheme, that will be one aspect of it. Either. But the other, quite tangible uh, thing they want to show before the elections, mm-hmm. they want people to see building activity. They want people to see builders out in their towns and villages, uh, in their local shops buying buying food, buying like going on their lunch breaks. They've actually said that. Look, we might not be able to build enough houses by the next general election, but if people see Builders out working. That might convince them that we are doing something to solve the housing
4: crisis. I tell you, the, the issue around the social housing that that I have a major, major concern. With. So four years ago, the Keene report published four recommendations in relation to mortgage arrears. One of those recommendations, which was taken by the state, and a very, very good recommendation and a very practical one, was mortgage rent. Mortgage rent involves persons who would be eligible to go onto the social housing list who are in mortgage difficulty, with a house at a various thresholds between one hundred eighty thousand or two hundred twenty thousand being having the house bought by a, a social housing agency, a voluntary housing agency like Cluid and you stay there as a social tenant and part of the rent goes from the local authority to Cluid and you sub the balance. That's been a monumental failure and it's been a monumental failure because of the Department of Environment. So I have absolutely no faith in Alan Kelly's announcement today with the best tensions in the world. And I met him three weeks ago in relation to mortgage rent. Mortgage rent has been a poster boy of absolute bureaucratic failure. For a... Br- like, rarely do we credit them coming up with a good idea this was a great idea, fully practical, kept them off the housing list, kept them in their homes, kept yeah. the kids in the local schools, fully affordable, and they have absolutely made a bag of it.
3: Actually, the banks made, made similar points um, when they were before the, the Eructus Finance Committee in the past uh, couple of weeks. And Ulster Bank um, were, were probably the most bald in the way um, they put it. They said that it was absolutely unworkable. And they're looking at their own scheme um, they haven't given us the details yet, but they're looking at their own, something similar to a mortgage mm. to rent scheme um, that they might be able to put in place. But they were very clear that the scheme, as it's constructed now, is completely unworkable and it would never be workable. It's too bureaucratic. Uh, and the, the other banks pretty much rode in yeah, with that. It was
4: one of my clients is the very first one we did. And we did it in a four-week period because it was a repossession order against that person. We've done a 70% of the total number of, of um, mortgage rents have been done. We have done them. But we have 85 people qualified, eligible, and the bank have approved. And And this is a very rare circumstance, Tom, that I'm going to say I can't even blame the bank here. And as Kieran's correctly said, the, when we were in before the Rockets Committee, we were in ahead of the banks. We all universally agreed on one thing. And that's what's most concerning. When everyone's agreeable that such a project is not working, but the And I've looked at this absolutely frenzily. I met John O'Connor, the head of the housing agency. We met with Alan Kelly. We met the CEO and chairperson at Clude. We met with a number of the major banks. We pulled a few of them together and we examined this clearly because we have a major concern that there's upwards of 250 people approved for mortgage rent and it will not happen for them. And the blockage blockage in this system is the Department of Environment releasing funding to purchase the houses that's already been allocated. That's clearly where the funding issue is. So I get very nervous when I see much bigger plans for 17 and 35,000 housing units being introduced which involves some similar type of rental scheme or rent allowance being given back by the department I get very nervous and if mortgage rent can't work in a very simplistic sense I wouldn't hold out much hope for the bigger project
1: and David, when you look at the, the resistance to the Irish water and that type of thing and then you're dealing with people who are weighed down with mortgages every day uh, yet we haven't seen that type of protest or we haven't seen that type of pushback uh, like why do you think that is? Or, or do you think that that's something that, that could, could come yet?
4: I think it's there, I think it's part of the, the, the water protest. Water was probably one of the ones, like a, a first world problem that was a legitimate one to, to, to concern yourself with. People in debt, a little bit embarrassing, they're still embarrassed by it, there's still an element of stigma associated with it. There's also so, you know, if you're dealing with your bank, you know, we get many journalists ring every day looking for someone to speak about debt problems or problems. And one of the concerns is you feel like you'll be targeted by your bank or by your creditor. And therefore, you don't want to stick your head above the parapet. Some do when all else has failed. But there is a major concern. And undoubtedly, among the water protesters are people with many other problems. Believe it or not, Tom, those who are actually in debt don't really particularly care about water charges. They're the least of the problems. And that's actually a proper, proper reflection of the situation. But with a, with a, with a catalogue of issues... In relation to this, the water one seems to be the one that has taken most people's minds. But in amongst those people are people with carers, they're people with issues around debt, they're people with issues around, you know, general dissatisfaction with maybe their next door neighbour. There's a cohort of people there who don't have a cause, but are riding along this wave. The water is the front, but the dissatisfaction is in there. So six years later, it has happened and let's ho- I hope it continues. Do you think
1: that's understood
4: politically for that I think
1: that's really in the background of, of yeah, a lot I of these it, protests. Yeah, I think that, it,
2: that there, there is a feeling that that's lurking in the background, but there is a certain stigma with saying I'm having difficulty with my mortgage, that like people aren't willing to say that publicly. <laughs> and that water was the one issue that people felt that they'd come out on and speak out on because it is coming on the back of a number of charges. And David's right, a lot of people who may be in difficulty with mortgages, like they're, they're, they're having these property tax... Put on top of them household charges, uh, kind of. Well, we've seen tax come down, but it went up a lot in the last few years. And I think water charges was was an easy one. That's that's not to kind of uh, put it like put put down the process, but it was an, it was an easier issue to come out on because you a lot of people felt the same way, and you were protesting over a single payment rather than a load of issues.
1: Do you agree with David, where he was saying you know he doesn't have confidence that the government can deliver these ninety thousand houses as, as as they promised?
2: I suppose, you know, it uh, kind of remains to be seen. I hate to say that, but it does. Um, I, was, I was not the launch myself today, but a lot of people were, were critical of the fact that they felt it was a lot of it was repackaged from previous announcements we'd heard in March and they didn't feel that there was much new to it. It was just the kind of repackaging of stuff we've heard before. So I, I think because they've staked... Such so much on this, particularly the Labour Party, from Brendan Howland to Alan Kelly to John Burton, that they have to be seen to deliver on it in some way, because it, it it is it is the biggest issue now facing them. After once water is off the agenda, if it is off the agenda, it is the one thing that's going to I come see, back. I and think haunt given
3: them. The, the way that you know the problems they had in the construct of Irish water, I don't think anybody could have confidence in this government setting up anything or, or achieving anything, implementing anything uh, for the, the remainder of uh, of the lifetime of, of this government. And, and you know we've talked about the mortgage rent it's not not just Irish water. There are many other uh, areas of government where they really have fallen down and they haven't delivered on the promises um, that
4: they made yeah, to I, the, I agree. It's mortgage re- the The mortgage rent relevance for me is it's effectively a replication of funding coming from the Department of Environment that's being allocated for a project. There's 100 million euros has been allocated for mortgage rent and there's been 45 mortgage rents have gone through. So, you know, there's money sitting there and there's another 80 that are ready to go and 200 in the background, none of which can happen. But I met Alan Kelly a couple of weeks ago and to be fair, like, he was a new minister and he is a new minister, to be fair to him. We have to be fair to him. And he was he was absolutely engaging and it'd be very interesting to see. I do get a feeling from him, though, that uh, in fairness to him, if he turns his mind to it, he might actually get something done and I think everyone hopes and wishes him well in getting it done. But the mortgage rent debacle with the department, his own Department of Environment releasing funds to pay for homes that have already been approved on a very, very uh, difficult process would be deeply concerning for any future plans.
1: David, you're sort of taking it into your own hands in a way, I suppose, by, by saying that you know the, the Irish Mortgage Holders Association uh, is looking at entering the mortgage-broking market. Can you tell us about what you hope to do?
4: Well, our, our, we looked at this for the last 12 months. We looked at two projects, Tam. One was around um, looking at, at mortgages, because being the mortgage-holders organisation, we've seen firsthand the difficulties that people have faced in relation to mortgages, the solutions the banks provide, the solutions they don't provide, the lack of, uh, you know... Uh, the lack of solutions some banks provide and those same banks and many banks in the state are looking at lending giving out mortgages but one common question two common issues that arise affordability and the sustainability of the mortgage and also what happens if you get into difficulty with your mortgage what is your current mortgage provider no one ever asks that question at the very very outset so we've over five and a half thousand clients of which we've over 3,000 long-term sustainable deals done on their behalf. And we've seen firsthand what happens when they get into difficulty. There's varying levels of lenders within the state. Some have gone, some have got one foot here, one foot abroad, and others are staying in the market. And it's imperative that people understand that in circumstances where you may get into difficulty, what does your lender provide you with solution-wise? And also the sustainability of those mortgages to make sure they're sustainable. And from our perspective, there's an element of transparency required where there's fees provided by the lender back to the organisation or the broker. In our case, we need to use that income stream to provide services, which are providing both bankruptcy services free to people who want to become bankrupt, and also negotiating on behalf of, uh, lend with lenders and behalf of borrowers. And then we need to be transparent and say that if Bank A, B, and C offer Johnny and Mary uh, a mortgage, we will disclose the terms of the of the offer, discuss that obviously, but also the terms of any commission being offered, uh, so as is not being influenced in any shape or form.
1: So is that the, the difference, David, between what you're proposing to do versus the market, uh, yeah, the brokers' uh, market, which is already there? Yeah, the
4: brokers' market is there, and there's excellent brokers all length and breadth of the country. This is an alternative, uh, you know, service we're providing, which is a consumer-driven, consumer-tried and tested, uh, where we want to be able to provide a complete, holistic view of the marketplace of the long-term prospects in the, in the event of, of falling into difficulty with the mortgage, and obviously to secure the best deal with lenders on behalf of, of, of people looking for mortgages.
3: I suppose the big difference um, this time around, David, correct me. If Wrong is that other brokers are doing mortgage broking to make an income, and you guys are doing this
4: to subvent your yeah. other activities. It's, it's, an off, it's a not-for-profit operation whereby we have a system where I haven't been paid for four years, been operating on a full-time basis for four years, as have all of the other directors. We have a number of staff which are paid for um, by people who contribute. Uh, someone comes in, Mary and Joe come in who are in trouble and can't uh, show us a standard financial statement, can't show any income, they're not charged. If someone comes in who's got a number of buy lets who can, who can pay, our largest client's 111 million euros of debt. Our smallest client is 40,000 euros. So everywhere in between there's various people there who can pay. They are funding those people who can't pay, we've eighty-five people whom we've bankrupted already this year. We've one hundred eighty-six in the process. We will not turn anybody away. They will be provided with a service, be it voluntary staff or be it paid staff who would provide them that service. But we do need to have that. Like we're just renewing our insurance at the moment. Our insurance is twenty grand a year, so we need to ensure that we have a stream of income. And this is a stream of income where we have many people coming to us every week asking us, "Can we help them get a mortgage?" And Fia,
1: just finally, I mean, we're, we're now six years into the crisis. Uh, the government is coming towards, you know, it's, it's in, into the back end of its programme. Uh, can you see it making a difference uh, in terms of housing and in terms of this crisis in, in its remaining time in government? It's very hard to see, aside from what they've announced already, uh, what else they can do,
2: because we really are into the, the back end of this government, as you say. They've done what should be their second last budget, and I suspect we will be into a period of not political paralysis, but they would just want to keep their heads down, do nothing, make sure that they have no reason to upset or provoke the public in the next six, seven months because the public has had enough of them, has been really ticked off by Irish water, they're going to disappear for a while. So aside from what they've announced, all they can do is follow through on that. But I don't see any major new measures aside from maybe the mortgage guarantee scheme if they polish that off and finish with it, not much more else. Because once we get past the next budget, that really is political paralysis. It's a political
1: dead zone thereafter. And Kieran, is would you agree with Fake that there that there isn't going to be massive new uh, massive new things coming down the tracks in the next year? Yeah, I think he's pretty much right. I
3: think what they will probably try to do is bank some money from the banks, um, if I might say that. AIB and Permanent TSB are likely to go to uh, are likely to bring on board some private owners before the next election. Now, in the case of Permanent TSB, that money will probably be. Be used to plug the gap that was identified in the ECB stress test recently in the case of AIB I think that money will be returned to the exchequer um, what the amount I don't know uh, what form it'll take because you know there's equity in AIB that could be sold there's preference shares there are cocos there's a dividend that could possibly be paid but in some shape or form I think AIB will definitely return some money to the state I would imagine it would have to be um, in the element of billions of Euros so we'll start to get the first money back and that will be a big card that the government can play next time around because they can say look, you know the previous government made a bag of this they left us with a 65 billion euro bill for the banks we're after getting X amount back uh, Bank of Ireland have already repaid more than they were given in their bailout we've now got a chunk back from AIB permanent TSB is
4: partly in private hands etc etc <clears throat> the, the, the funny one is that the showcase uh, political uh, pantomime that was supposed to take front stage rather than Irish water was the banking inquiry and today the banking inquiry kicked off and remarkably it's been absolutely crowded out by everything else and uh, it's supposed to have been one that everyone was looking forward to and and hopefully that netflix might take a subscription for but that doesn't seem to be the case so the banking inquiry would be one as i agree with kieran some money back in from banks psychologically would be a huge boost uh, but the banking inquiry is it conflicted is it not conflicted will they get any answers or not from it that that will be a very interesting six months ahead well, I suspect that the Banking Inquiry is
1: going to be the subject of uh, future
4: podcasts <laughs> and
1: for some, uh, for some long period of time to come. Uh, I'd just like to say thanks to Fia Kelly, uh, political correspondent, uh, Kieran Hancock, finance correspondent with the Irish Times and David Hall, director of the IMHA for coming on the programme. Thanks again. And that's it for this week's Irish Times Business and Technology Podcast. I'm Tom Lyons. My producer was Sinead O'Shea. Uh, Sound engineer was JJ Vernon. And research was Declan Conlon.